That makes sense. Like if I was going to um, knife someone and couldn't get to the neck, I'd definitely go for the leg. Inner thigh. Yeah, That's for sure. Cool. Yeah, you die super quickly. <laughs> and you're just looking at me and I realize like, hmm, if I couldn't get to the neck, like, yeah. Have you been planning on how you would Kill stab you me? Kill or yeah? someone? No, just generally. <laughs> now that we have a prowler on the roof, I kind of have to think about it. Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, no, I, I read a really horrible crime that made me go, okay, I need a plan. Is it one you want to mention? or Maybe. Um, <laughs> but not right now. Okay, okay. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome. I'm Anna. I'm Jonathan. And you're listening to us on a beautiful Tuesday. Mm, beautiful, warm Tuesday. But I got my eyes back. I'm it's happy. Your coping a, mechanism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. It's kind of like the caress of winter. Oh, the caress of winter. I like that. <laughs> it is so warm outside. Mm. Well, and inside. But um, Yeah, true. Now I'm going to try to cool down so I don't need to be doing that the entire while while I'm listening to your story. Why do you think I'm going first? Well, okay, we can start with that. Uh, I think you're going first. Do you think I'm worst this week? Possibly. I think you're worst. Really? Well, I, I don't know what your crime is. How tame is yours? So mine is, there is death, a death. Okay. And I mean, it's not a nice way to go, but it's not that gruesome nor horrible. I, I would just assumed that uh, Gory? Uh, you were going into uh, something way worse on several accounts. From uh, I mean, I considered things. going for the 12-year-old Canadian who got her 14-year-old, 15-year-old boyfriend to kill a couple of 14-year-old uh, girls in her class at school. Something along those lines, yeah. But I didn't. Okay. And there's another one with another Canadian who... Mm. Um, convinces her, also 12 years old, I think, convinces her 22-year-old boyfriend to murder her um, parents and her little brother because they're not too happy about the age gap. Hmm. Strange, that. Yeah. I, I was going to say that, oh, so apparently Canadians are the most uh, charming and, um, uh, how do you say, charming and convincing people, but maybe they're just easier to convince. Yeah, they're just, they're very obliging. Yeah, obliging, good word. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I think it's more, I remember when those two cases hit the press. Ah. Um, because I was spending a lot of time in Canada back then. Mm-hmm. And it was very, not exciting, but interesting. But no, I decided to go for something a little less grim. Like, not involving kids. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. I thought I would be pretty vanilla middle of the road, but um, no, if you think I'm worse, then I can go. I'm voting you worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just get started, I guess. We normally have a bit more Tuesday back and forth, but um, eh, screw it. Would you like to hear my story? I would like to hear your story. Mm, I shall. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't do the tell me your story, but yeah. do, do you want me to say? Nah, okay. we, we need to switch it up. Okay. Keep... All the lovely listeners on their toes. You know we have a listener in Greenland now? At no. least one listener in Greenland. Oh. As of last week. And we also, as of the weekend, have listeners in Brazil. Really? Yeah. 
Huh. How cool is that? That I'm, is cool. I'm super psyched about Greenland because it's like, wow, there's only 30,000 people there and mm-hmm. we have one of them, at least one of them, <laughs> which is super cool. But, it's a bit closer to an actual percentage than, I mean, Brazil is I mean, huge. So. Still super cool. Still, still psyched about Brazil. Oh, definitely. Um, and the Argentinians are still going strong with us. But Nice. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Um, but yeah. Ooh. Okay, one more thing before we launch into crimes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, as of yesterday, we will know what has become of Henry Breda. Oh. Yeah, Henry Van Breda, sorry. Really? Yeah, um, sentencing is supposed to be Monday. Ah. Like yesterday. That's cool. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, due to our magical time travel, I won't know. You mm. won't know. I could always record something and then you can splice it in. <laughs> That can be kind of cool. Um, but uh, no, I, I think we'll we do, probably we do. do Twitter we do. updates and for the uh, next week, I suppose. The creepy thing is, um, so Henry Van Breda flew in to, um, I think, Johannesburg on Friday with his girlfriend, who's mm-hmm. still with him. Really? Yeah, the girlfriend's still with him after all this. Huh. Um, Henry shaved his head and looks like... He, he just looks ridiculous. Um, he does. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't shave your head, but I mean, he had golden locks before that oh, were right. sort of tumbling across his scalp. <laughs> and, um, and he shaved them off a couple tumbling of months. across the scalp. But they're, you know, they're, they're big, bouncy, um, blonde curls, which, mm. you know, fine, whatever. But it's, you just, you can't go from that to being a skinhead. It just doesn't work. Like, you have to have a transition period. I'm sorry. It's just... But it's it's how it has to be. Um, so he went from that to really shave down to nothing, and he looks ridiculous in court with it. And hmm. um, and now he flew in with his girlfriend on Friday, and he's wearing a beanie hat. So hmm. okay, Jonathan, tell me your story. Yes, let's have a look at crime. Crime, crime. Yes, <laughs> double crime since we do have two. I'm assuming sometimes we have more, but. Yeah, I can tell you the rejected ones for me this week, but... Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. We shall dig in. So, for my crime this week, we're going to Melbourne. Yay! In Victoria, Australia. Yay! Mm. Off we go. So, we are talking about uh, Robin Lindholm. She, uh, uh, Robin grew up in Melbourne, as okay. mentioned. Uh, and, like, yeah, she wouldn't... Pretty normal, but, you know, successful upbringing and education. She did well in school. Um, By the age of 15, she had been both state and national ice skating champion. Hey! Kind of impressive. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, things were just going along pretty well and according to the normal general plan until she dropped out in her first year of university. So she went to... Monash University, I think, uh, initially pursuing a Bachelor's of Science degree. Okay. But instead, she dropped out and she changed tracks and went for animal husbandry course instead. Oh, amazing. Mm. Do you know anything about animal husbandry? As in general, I I mean, my grandfather was a farmer, so there were some general, uh, well, he mostly had chickens but there were a lot of uh, like neighbors with horses and i can picture it perfectly mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> i used to ride a lot when i was a kid but 
but yeah, so she'd, she'd always been very fond of uh, horse riding in particular. Okay. And uh, she had gotten her first horse from her father when she was 12 years old. And uh, yeah, so later in life, she went into breeding horses as well and really experienced with that. So this was a very big and like persistent passion through her life. Cool. So by the age of 23, which feels kind of young, but she bought a 74 acre farm. Holy shit. In uh, Glenhope, a bit north of Melbourne. And yeah, like, I, I guess it isn't technically weird, but it feels... Many, I, I was not ready to buy a farm when I was 23. How many people do you know that bought property at 23? Zero. Okay, I think I know <laughs> two off the top of my head. <laughs> I know people who got, or not necessarily inherited, but received property but that's slightly different yeah i can think of two who did it independently and it wasn't a 73 acre farm put it that way no um but no she went out for that on her own um good for her but whoa yeah so this kind of led to her working both for a car dealership and uh she worked for the crown casino double jobs make ends meet i mean you'd think you'd just start off with a smaller farm but okay uh, kind of, but no, I don't know. Maybe there's a minimum. I'm not that on top of the actual horse rearing, but um, you probably need some space. Um, but yes, at the at the Crown Casino, she started as a barmaid, but later she was um, moved up. Um, I know. So do you say promoted when it's like a different role? Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, she. Later, she worked instead as a hostess in the like uh, exclusive High Rollers VIP section. I was going to say, is that a step up? I don't know. And then, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah pretty sure. Uh, in this uh, like High Rollers thing, she met an Alex Prelac, the owner of the Simply Irresistible Stripping Agency. Okay. And I was going to say, whenever you said hostess in a High Rollers, I'm like... Mm. Already I'm I'm smelling something is a bit amiss here because you just you think of it like um hiring on looks and yeah just yeah. that whole shitty misogynistic like we just want someone pretty to stand around and say hi welcome pretty much yeah so yeah so. okay great awesome uh dude with a stripper empire mm -hmm. okay well agency at least uh, <laughs> not sure if it was an empire uh, but yeah so he he, he kind of convinced her to come work for them uh, part-time. Anytime you have to say convinced, I'm just like, if you want to go and strip, that's cool, fine. But yeah. She don't. she didn't start uh, actually stripping. Uh, so she uh, she worked part-time with them as um, uh, barmaid slash okay, lingerie waitress, which is... Um, lingerie waitress, right. Yeah. Uh, I but, thought the most misogynistic term we were using was... Uh, Hostess in a high rollers lounge, but okay, great mm. lingerie waitress. That's what it said on I mean, her she, CV. Unless she's like delivering lingerie to people, in which case, fair enough. Oh, that's. I know. I know. Just got a you know view of um, uh, waitress with the like full on suit and the classic big silver plate with yes, a dome exactly. on top and like. May I interest underwear. you in this? Um, yeah, no. She works <laughs> behind the stage. She's in the back. Like in the dressing rooms, yeah. she works for the the dancers, and um, <laughs> they have like a little call button, like you have on a plane. 
And they press oh, a button, yeah. and then she goes out and says, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> oh, and with a cart, like oh. like a playing cart, and like open oh, boxes, like a tea trolley. Can I interest yeah. you in anything from the trolley ladies? <laughs> like, oh, I haven't seen those tassels oh. before. It'll really, you know, that with your coloring just look fabulous. Oh, That's okay, kind of brilliant. okay. She was made for this job. Lingerie waitress, cool. Okay, we've. I think we might have redefined the. Um, term but yeah well that's better that's, than uh, that's a that's yeah. a gorgeous vision though i i do like that oh uh, you know what, what? like you have to pay for your horses somehow and however you do it fine yeah true just true. um i i don't know i'm getting creep vibes off um mr convincing man yeah that's um that's the thing like, yeah she she needed to pad out and make probably better money than the um uh, casino and that as well yeah so fair um, enough really. so so yeah that's how she started there uh, but after a while she also uh, started dancing uh, at the club i have uh, no well, rhythm but good for her yes yeah, so, sorry not um, at the club so the uh, the thing with it being the uh, agency simply accessible so they kind of hired out more to like other venues or other events as well i think okay um so by 1998 she was working full-time as a uh, freelance dancer i mean that can be a really way better way to make money than being on the payroll somewhere but it can Mm. also just mean that they can give you essentially a zero or contract and you have no consistent income so that's the thing hope it all works out for you honey Mm. Well, we'll see. I this suspect is a story. it doesn't. There is a beginning and an end. I'm not entirely sure about the middle, but somewhere. So yeah, she was pretty much full-time in 98. Mm-hmm. In 2003, uh, she was dancing at the Central Club Hotel in Richmond, where she met Wayne Amy. Don't like the name. Concerned. Massively concerned. <laughs> they They met for the first time there. Uh, there was a bit of yeah they knew each other and but it wasn't until in 2005 early 2006 ish mm-hmm. um that the two of them started a relationship together okay um yeah wayne was a uh, his main profession he owned a gym i think it was called visions which is slightly weird um but visions uh, of what your body could be if you start coming instead of Maybe, but then you kind of need like funhouse mirrors or Photoshop for your thing or something like that. No, just uh, a shitload of hallucinogenics in the lobby. Hey, <laughs> you probably burn some calories. Um, yeah, it probably gives you a shitload of energy. They just put you in like a padded room, no weights, no free weights in this gym. That's dangerous. But um, oh, and just like put up mat- monitors with I don't know National Geographic, and then just put people on uh, the um, treadmill yeah. walking, and they're just like walking towards the lion. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good gym concept. <laughs> Unfortunately, the name is taken, but we'll we'll sort something out. We'll work it out. It'll be fine. Mm, true. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so she she also hopped in and helped uh, helped work at the gym from time to time. But she was still uh, actively working with the simply irresistible until at least two thousand ten ish. That must be mentally exhausting having. So many different jobs on the go. Yeah, I'm pretty like uh, the when I said that she was working full time as a freelance dancer, I kind of interpreted that as now nah, she she left the um, uh, the car dealership and the casino and all that behind and basically focused on that full time. Yeah, but if she's doing freelance, then she'll be in different locations all the time. True, true. That's knackering. Mm. No routine. Yeah, I can imagine. And then just randomly showing up at the psychedelic gym. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> to help out when people start chewing on the, the yoga mats. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up with a lot of interesting concepts here. We, uh, I'm going to need to beep out a lot so um, we don't get copy jumped, I guess. Yeah. Don't steal our ideas. They're copyrighted. <laughs> We're like filing patents for all this shit right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we already mailed all, all the uh, pitches to ourselves. So. Don't even bother. Actually, we can franchise. If you're interested, please reach out to us. Mm. Crimebythebar at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, where was I? Sorry. I was at the gym, yes. You were. Weird gym. Uh, oh, I haven't been in ages. Yeah, so they, they, they were getting close. It was a like, proper committed relationship in that sense. Uh, but they weren't living together full time for the first bit. Um, but a bit later, so Wayne had been urging her to sell her farm in uh, Glenhope so that they could buy a larger one together. Okay. Move in there. Um, so Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, she did. Uh, Robin kind of reluctantly sold her farm. Uh, it, it was a pretty bad deal. She didn't get a reasonable price for it. But um, like by this, uh, at this stage, she was very much. Um, uh, she had said that she really wanted to settle down, start a family. What age is she now? In her thirties now, basically. I think closer to thirty-five, thirty-six-ish. Uh, yeah, she really wanted to settle down and start a family, basically. Okay, fine. However, Wayne was not as on board with that. Like he wanted to like get the farm together and move in, but um Let's he, breed horses, not humans. Pretty much. So he he had already had a son from a previous uh, relationship. Uh, and he, he doesn't want another. Yeah, he said what he told her was that they couldn't afford to have another child. Uh, so he ran off and got a vasectomy. Did he tell her? I'm not 100% sure, but I got the impression that he told her afterwards. Classy. Yes. Wow. So this kind of led to their relationship drifting into chaos a bit. I mean, strange that running yeah. off and getting, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, there, there was a lot of arguing and um, like they broke up, they reconciled, then just going around in circles that way. Yeah. Um, so there was just basically always like fights or during reconciliation like false promises from Wayne who in a lot of what I'm reading it really looks like he was only interested in just like now keep hooking up with uh, Robin and really very much focused on the sexual relationship and making promises to get through with that um, but towards the end of 2012 Mm -hmm. There was a more definite end to the relationship, as even though they had been going back and forth so much, but uh, Wayne took out a so-called intervention order, which I think is Australian for restraining order. It okay. seems similar. I've um, looked at a few examples. And she was basically uh, forced out of her home. No. Uh, so he was still at the farm. He still had the farm in uh, Bittern, uh, but she was forced out in 2013. This is why we should never, like, don't cohabit, don't love anyone, don't be, like... Oh, I want to love people. This, <laughs> no, it's bad for you. This shit happens. <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah, true. Well, maybe not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there, there was a big turn, and... I do want to say, though, that uh, this entire narrative might be a bit coloured, as all of these details were mostly what was presented by uh, Robin's defence, 
during her trial. What did Robin do to need defence? Well, in 2013, when Amy's body was found wedged between a couple of boulders on Mount Korong in central Victoria. Oh dear, I did not see this going this way. Hmm. I've been, yeah, okay. That between might be boulders. me cheating a bit, but yes. <laughs> cheating and bending the narrative. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah they, like say wedged between a couple of boulders, it was basically just like stuffed in a bit, I suppose. Uh, it was not like a collapse or a, something like that. Uh, so, like a sock on the back of the sofa. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear, poor Wayne. Uh, yeah, it, it was a bit worse. So he had several fractured ribs, multiple lacerations to the head, Ooh. four stab wounds to the torso, and forensics showed that he had also been choked with a blue rope. Blue. I'm assuming one of those blue, freely kind of uh, nylony. Yeah. 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 I'm just assuming I haven't seen the actual rope, but it was blue. That we know. So it turned out that Wayne was killed just the day before he and Robin were supposed to meet in court to address the property dispute mm. concerning the farm. And he was attacked by two men at his apartment block's underground car park sometime after half past 11 on the night of the 10th of December. And then he was uh, put in the uh, boot or trunk of a car and driven off. That's pretty grim. Mm. I'm sitting here nodding, but I'm also making a face. And <laughs> All I, both wonderful podcast tools. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I don't know. Being in the boot of a car while it's being driven around is always quite fun. But only if it's consensual. Always, yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like you've done this multiple times. Oh, yeah, of course. Really? As a child. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's it's quite good crack, but the minute it's it's this, I'm just like, you're ruining my childhood fun. <laughs> but, yeah, bundled into a boot against your will. Mm, before they have those emergency release levers and whenever you have oh, to, right, like, yeah. kick out the taillights from the inside. and <laughs> Oh, well, that's scary stuff. Um, so... At the period, or at the time when Wayne was murdered, mm-hmm. uh, Robin was unemployed and living out of her car. Oh dear. Uh, so sometimes she stayed with her parents for short stints, but that was apparently not too comfortable. And she was supposedly regularly abusing both alcohol and ice, which Isn't a lot that- of Australians were talking about ice. As I looked it up, the it looks like a meth variation. Crystal meth, probably. I think so. I think it's crystal meth. Yeah, but uh, I didn't get a full confirmation. So if you know ice, oh, and I have my ice. <laughs> Jonathan's got a whole bag of ice sitting on his lap right now. He's really happy about it. But... It has melted a lot, though. <laughs> uh, but no, this is not methy ice. This is uh, water ice I have here. Um, so... Yeah, she was abusing alcohol and ice substances. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, she, as she was living out of a car, apparently, she had entered a relationship with a Torsten Trabert. What? Um, that's the name of a guy. Oh, I was like, what is a Torsten Trabert? <laughs> I've never heard of it. Is it a profession? Is it a, like, religion? Is it... What? I Just a dude. Okay. With a dude. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
And uh, they, they were in a similar situation. I think he was also kind of thrown out after breaking up with his wife, uh, supposedly for Robin's sake, because he was madly enamored with this woman. Oh, dear. So according to some statements from the court, um, I couldn't find exactly what they uh, refer to, but Robin had conspired to murder Wayne for almost two years. But uh, it wasn't until uh, 2013... Uh, presumably spurred on by the illegal dispute, I would guess, um, that she actually went out. She convinced Trabert and another friend called John Ryan, who was also kind of infatuated with her, to, um, and yeah, he she convinced them to carry out the deed for her. Oh. So it's, it, it did look rather obvious. It didn't take, it didn't take that long for them to catch them. Naturally, Robin was a suspect due to their dispute her being thrown out in their past it's pretty suspicious timing yeah and you know a spouse is always someone you should at least check in on it's always them Mm. Mm -hmm. so so they were keeping their eyes on her but even though she didn't carry out the murder herself she was caught on cctv together with trappert and ryan in a pub like just straight after they had uh, disposed of the body and they were going into what? a tub, pub and on camera and they're like, oh, they're hugging and they're having some drinks and um, it, it is available <laughs> online. Uh, the super... footage, And it looks like just completely normal. Someone probably looks a bit drunk and friendly and yeah. We, we know for sure that she's guilty, right? Because uh, well, like, she, I mean, um, she, ser- seriously? Kind of. Uh, she did uh, plead guilty at the end of the pre-trial argument huh. uh, when they just started and brought her in because, well, it was not a that difficult a case to crack, apparently. Okay. Uh, but no, she, she pleaded guilty. Uh, but both Trevor and Ryan pleaded not guilty. They were both claiming that the other was the one who actually killed Wayne. And like, no, no, it was just him. I didn't want any part of this. Uh, and going back and forth. I mean, that's not a bad defense. No, but you, you can only get that far, especially since, you know, it's the connection. So it's at least, you know, con- conspiring together and being, um, uh, what's the word? Accomplices? Accomplices. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Accomplices. Uh, so that would be straightforward. But this was also just pre-trial hearing. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they had a lot of statements on each other. Like Ryan told the police how... Um, uh, but both Robin and Robert had been like laughing and carrying on like it was nothing uh, during that evening. And that after the body had been disposed of, Robin and Robert just wanted to fucking party. And I just felt ill, ill the whole way, which is understandable. But also uh, like they, they were saying similar things back and just swapping the roles, basically. Yep. Uh, except for Robin, who just went with it. Nope. Guilty. Um so there were some things that I didn't bring up in my initial backstory as okay. well, because Robin had a few, um, a bit, let's say a bit bigger collection of shady experiences. Robin, I was on your side. Come mm. on. She had, for instance, several ties to um, the Australian Hells Angels. Oh. Was the members of events. Okay, that's not uh, great. She had previously dated an infamous gangster called um, Alphonse Gangitano a.k.a. the Black Prince of Ligon Street, which is... I mean, it's a pretty good name. Kind of impressive, but also pompous. Um, <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That is exactly it. 
during uh, a period as well when she was involved here before um, before and up to Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, she had been dating a standover man called George Tiasis, uh, also known as Templeton. That's a nickname, I suppose. Okay. Uh, for they'd been dating for like a long six-year tumultuous period, I think. Oh, wow. Um, Do you know what a standover man is? No, I don't. I had never heard this, and as far as I can tell, it's basically extortionist. Ah. Which kind of makes sense, but it also sounds a bit classier, I guess. Um, Um, I mean, yeah, okay, fine. I I don't know about classier, it's just like... Okay, well, that's suitably vague. Thanks, why couldn't you just said extortionist? Yeah, true, true. Standover man, yeah. Mm. Nah. Yeah. Well, I, you taught me something, thank you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, this guy, George, uh, he mysteriously disappeared on the 2nd of May in 2005. Uh, it Ooh. was pretty quickly, like, widely believed to be a murder case due to his dealings and such. But at the time, Wayne was actually the prime suspect in his disappearance. No. Because, like, it looked very much like he and Robin had had an affair. You remember they met in 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they got together, like, end of 2005, 2006. Oh, dear. Yep. Um, apparently, uh, Robin had also been, like, telling Wayne about how um, uh, George Teosis had been treating her, been violent towards her and stuff like that. Ugh. And... Yeah, like Robin is now very much believed to be the one behind uh, the suspected murder, but they haven't found anything on it, so they don't know for sure. But so they think she's done this twice. Kind of looks like it, and the second time, you know, towards the person before. Well, I mean, that ties um, up some loose ends, right? It kind of, kind of does. Um, but it looks like the first time would have been way better, considering how sloppy the um, second time was. Yeah. Or possibly third time. <gasps> As no. police also now believe that she may have been involved in the disappearance and murder of an exotic dancer who also worked for the Simply Irresistible. So she was called Sherry Davison. She didn't want anything off the lingerie cart? Apparently not. Or she stole the cart. I, I don't know. So the Sherry, she was 26 years old when she disappeared in 1995. So they so worked she's together. she's been at it for ages. Possibly. So this one, they had, I couldn't find anything. They hadn't released anything concrete, basically. Wow. Uh, so that might come later. Who knows? But um, Yeah, hopefully. No, so on the, uh, I told about the pretrial arguments. The actual trial was in June 2015. Okay. Uh, it went on for 16 days. and That's not long. They were all found guilty. Yay! So the sentencing in December 2015 was Robin God, 25 years which would be a minimum of 21 years. I I mean, that's that's not bad, mm. all things considered. No, and I think I couldn't actually find an actual birth date, but judging from statements and pieces together, I think that she was 42 in 2015. Okay. So even if it's just 21 years, that's... Best bits. Yeah. yeah. Best bits that are left, at least. Yes. Uh, Trabert was jailed for 28 years with a minimum of 23 years and that seems kind of surprising considering but ah. she presumably wasn't involved in the actual killing no yeah mm. you'd think there'd be but, a bigger difference 
Hmm. No, I, I thought so as well, actually. Uh, so Ryan, the third person, got 31 years with a minimum of 26 years. But um, I think th- there was a lot of talk and there was an appeal as well to the verdict uh, from the uh, guys basically because both of them were very much on the point that this murder would not have happened if it wasn't for her yeah so they wanted more leniency to conform with her sentence i suppose but um no this is apparently upheld as it is now so they're in jail and who knows maybe we'll get some update if um, some more info on the older ones come up but i'm not feeling too confident on that. That's crazy, though. So she might have done this twice before, and it was just Possibly. that the last one was such a shitty job that she got caught. Mm-hmm. That is a possibility. Hmm. I hadn't heard of it before. You mm-hmm. usually end with, well, that was my story. That was my story. Oh, it's the hand gesture that makes <laughs> it. Uh, we'll have to film it and make a gif or something. Yeah, we will, for sure. Mm-hmm. It'll go like Drew Scanlon's one. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> he has a lot of nice faces. Yeah. He has a nice face. That boy's got a nice face. He does. Mm. It's a very lookable face. Lickable? Lookable. Oh, I could lick that face. I don't know. It's, the weather's too warm to think about licking anyone's face. Really? I'm not a hamster. I don't need a salt lick. <laughs> That's, I didn't think of that. I was just thinking of the lovely action oh, sharing, cooling down, and intimacy and <laughs> tongues. Mm. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break. <laughs> Get another drink. Do the leg stretching. Yes, we will be right back. We're back. We are back. Mm. And we hopefully have more crime. Or if you're so sure that you were definitely not worse, maybe it's so mild that it isn't a crime at all. It's just a big triple bluff. Maybe it is. Mm. Shall we find out? Yeah, let's find <laughs> out. Please. Please? Yes, please. I, I'm Oh sorry. I'm um, not sure if I'm I going to ask more. a question. No, 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 no. Um I, I'm gonna ask you something. Have you heard of Diana Lovejoy? No. But it's a good classic surname. Isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And um, who doesn't, to be honest? If you if you want to know about her outside of this, you can look up her YouTube cooking show. Hey. Mm. She makes stir-fried shrimp. <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to question the recipe too much. Um, but because I have bigger issues with that video. Okay. It's like Dr. Seuss does cooking. It's like... That's not kind of amazing, though. No, because it's not any good. (laughs) She, like, I I think she was, I guess she submitted it for, like, a craft thing. Like, um, maybe craft, the food company, was doing a a competition Mm -hmm. or something. Because the whole thing seems heavily scripted. Um, Like, she seems to have written it all out herself. It's very amateur, but it's like she's memorized it and she's almost doing it as a script mm-hmm. and she describes every step as a rhyme oh. and a lot of them are really like shoehorned Forced, into yeah. where yeah it's it's kind of <laughs> awkward at moments um, i mean i i like the concept but no it's it yeah and it's also kind of a shame because the camera faces her directly mm-hmm. when she's standing at a kitchen island but the stove is on the back wall so she has to keep turning her back to actually do the cooking oh okay and she makes spaghetti with prawns and broccoli 
And instead of actually using a sauce, she uses craft salad dressing and some peanuts. Okay, I I can't eat prawns. I do not know what the taste would work, but that sounds kind of horrible to me. Prawns. Imagine... Um, As in the, the combination you described sounds a bit horrible. Imagine a savoury marshmallow mixed with chicken. Does that help? Not really, because I barely remember chicken. Oh, shit, of course. Why do I keep doing this to you? Um, okay. I have had chicken, but... Uh, Imagine... Do you have puffed rice, like Rice Krispies? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could do that with pork. Huh. So it's kind of a lighter flavor. It's a different texture. It's still meat, so it's not like puffed rice. But it's like, if you could do do what you do with rice to pork to make it, that, that's that kind of... That sounds kind of amazing. Prawns are pretty great. Huh. Yeah. Well, hopefully you get to try it someday. Listeners, if you're going, what is she talking about? Find a way to describe prawns or shrimps <laughs> to someone who can't eat seafood or chicken. Hmm. Let us know on Twitter at Crime the Bar, because I want to know. I'm yeah, because I, I don't know how to begin to describe it. That I know, well, you, you had a good pitch. Like I'm, I'm intrigued now. The prawn has not been on my list. Now it's on my list. When's your EpiPen expire? <laughs> <laughs> no, we but did like check this, right? We did. Yeah, they, yeah they're expensive. Know. Let's um, whenever it's about to run out, we'll. Put some prawns in you and I'll stab you. (laughs) But, yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway, um, Diana Lovejoy, you have no idea who she is. That is fine. Um, You have missed nothing on her YouTube cooking video. Hmm. Um, Apart from her cooking things that would kill you. Hey! Um, So, uh, Diana Lovejoy was... um, a software technical writer um, Mm -hmm. and a triathlete. She was a former personal trainer, so she's like pretty hardcore whenever it comes to fitness. Hmm. Um, And her husband is Greg Mulvihill, and they've been married for seven years. Um, I'm taking you the whole way back to 2014, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been married for seven years and um, by all accounts had sort of known each other a long time and been in each other's lives for a long time. But... Shit gets real at a certain point and they split up. Um, To add a little bit of sad context to it, in the seven years they were married, she had eight miscarriages. Um, They really wanted to have kids, but yeah, it it was a pretty grim path to getting there. That is quite rough, yeah. Yeah, and when she found out she was pregnant, apparently that was the last time they were ever intimate again, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So they'd been to marriage counselling, but... It, that was it. It was done. Um, and around the time their their son is one years one year old, um, they they go ahead and start divorce proceedings. And unfortunately, it is not a tidy divorce. Um, Diana ends up taking out a restraining order. Um, it was a temporary one, but yeah, she took out a restraining order claiming that Greg was sexually abusive towards her and had molested their son Kale. Um, she said mm. that she'd actually seen it happen on one occasion. Don't know why she didn't deal with it at that time. but um, So, yeah, it, w- it was pretty serious. Um, immediately, Greg was had his parental uh, rights kind of put on hold. He wasn't mm. allowed to be around their kid. Um, and an investigation kicked off. 
So the family court imposed professionally supervised visits between Greg and Kale, um, and he was only allowed to see him for a couple of hours a week. Um, meanwhile, Kale had to go through all sorts of interviews and evaluations with sex therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, mm. all sorts. Um, and it went on for, for quite a long time. Basically, they they separated in July 2014, and the restraining order was taken out almost immediately. And by late 2015, it was confirmed that actually there there was no abuse. And by all accounts, Greg was arguably the better parent. Mm. Um, and the whole thing seemed super shady. So he was allowed to, to spend time around their kid again. And um, I mean, the whole situation is pretty awkward because Greg is really insistent that... Um, you know, he's a good parent and that mm. Diana's just, you know, she's having a tough time, but she's not a malicious person. Mm. But it's not looking great. A couple months after he was granted custody again, the judge involved in their case ended up ordering Diana to pay over $100 a month in child support to Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on about $120,000 a year at the time. And he was on about 100000 so like mm. it, it was a high-income family. Um, by the way, didn't tell you where this was. This is in Carlsbad in California. Oh, okay. I, I guess it is good on both ends with, um, like, there is an accusation and for the child safety, they immediately do something about it and separate it, but then also going back and managing it once it's proven the other way around, I suppose, but... I mean, I feel so sorry for the kid in the situation because yeah, I it must be shit enough as as a child that's barely able to verbalize anything mm. to to have your parents start splitting up and not really understanding what's going on, but all of a sudden having to go through evaluations and tests and long interviews, and you never yeah. really get to see your dad. And like when you do see him, then there's someone there making notes and everything that's going on. It's weird. Yeah, and um. I'm telling you this because it's it's pretty much accepted that it the the claims are total bullshit. Mm-hmm. But who the fuck does that? Like, why would you do that? Um, so, yeah. Well, actually, there is a reason. Um, as I said, Diana was on about twenty thousand more a year than he was, mm-hmm. um, but they're both high income. Um, Greg was actually a um, a software engineer. Mm-hmm. So both good jobs, together a long time. You'd think that, hey, this is a fairly straightforward, let's just divide things down the middle, but stuff wasn't so simple. Diana was going to get the house whenever they split up, Mm -hmm. um, but she would then have to pay Greg uh, a one-off payment to cover half the value of the house, Mm -hmm. um, which amounted to $120,000, so essentially her yearly income. Yeah. Now, she went into the marriage with an apartment that she rented out and got you know, the money from that. So her solution was going to be selling this apartment that she brought into the marriage, which she wasn't very happy about because she was still renting it and still making money from it. But two years later, summer of 2016, um, they've settled on joint custody. Um, They have settled on alimony, which is her paying him. It Initially, it was 113 a month. He contested it and said it should have been more. It went back and forth for a while. Mm. But they did settle around 100 ish dollars a month um that she would have to pay him she had to pay the first um 
I'm on the alimony by the end of September in 2016. And um, the 120000 she would have to pay by mid-October. So, But even after this, they were still going on the route that she was um, going to get the house, basically. You know? Yeah, I mean, he, he seemed to be pretty much okay with her getting the house. Like, okay. as long as he got the money for it, then I don't think he cared that much. And she brought the apartment into their marriage. Yeah. So she wasn't happy about selling it, but it is what it is. Hmm. So by the end of August, they, they had all in all sort of settled everything. They did still have to sign the final paperwork. And um, once they signed it, it's, it's probably going to be another month or two before everything is, is through and they're officially divorced. Hmm. But it was generally, generally considered that by the end of August, that's it. There, there's no more mucking around with payments, with uh, custody, with housing, with anything. Like, it's done. But things had potential to change on the 1st of September. Um, so Greg had received a call um, from a number that he didn't recognize. And it was a PI saying that he was hired by um, Diana Lovejoy. Mm. And Diana had hired him to, to find essentially evidence to to prove that he'd been abusive but instead he had found evidence that would support greg in the divorce Mm. and that would show um he he was pretty vague about it but would would show that um diana was a bad parent and a bad wife essentially Mm. it would have been pretty much proven by this point though with her doing what she did yeah but um it it's all they were able to prove is that there was no evidence of child abuse. Mm-hmm. And she was really insisting that was the case. Oh. And aside from anything else, she she was accusing him of um, abusing her as well. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't looked into in the same way. Okay. And not sure why, not sure if she didn't pursue it or what the story is, but she was really throwing around these accusations. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, if there had been something really strong, um, then then Greg could have got full custody. There wasn't something really incriminating that said Diana was an unfit parent or anything else. Okay. And just because an allegation is um, can't be proved to be true doesn't mean that it's false. This is true. Yeah. As it goes on, we're, we're pretty confident it's all false. Mm. Just otherwise I wouldn't even be touching this <laughs> mess. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so he gets this weird ass call. Um, it's, it's just after 1030 at night. Um, and the guy says that this is your one chance. Um, he tells him, I will leave some evidence at this at this location. It's fairly remote, but it's near enough by. And um, I'll leave some of the, a few pieces of evidence there. If you're interested, then I'll, I'll follow up with instructions on how you can pay me for it. Um, okay. if, if you think it's any good. So it is kind of dodgy, but it's also kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole... The whole- like doing a dead drop for that is very dodgy, but the whole like, okay, no, here's a taster. We'll see what we arrange. Yeah. And, but no, this just smells like a setup. It's yeah. I mean, it does sound a bit weird. Um, and because the divorce wasn't yet finalized, this is kind of the only moment that it's good. So even, I mean, the PI is saying this is your one and only chance, but even if he had have left it a little bit longer, they don't have much time to spare. They're literally about to sign the paperwork on Mm, this. mm. Um, and then it's just a waiting game for the divorce to go through. True. 
So the package was due to be um, taped to an electricity pole along a hiking path. Like it's a kind of gravel road. Mm-hmm. Um, I have location, but I don't think either of us are going to be familiar enough with it to even no. care. Um, it's super obscure. It's it's a it's a dirt path like 10, 15 minutes away from where he happened to be living at the time. So he was oh. familiar enough with it, but it, it's, it's not got a lot of foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg is kind of freaked out. But also very curious and it's in his best interest to of course go he thinks um but he is kind of torn about what to do so in the end he decides he will go to the location um but he brings along a guy called jason kovach who was a friend a neighbor and also apparently his boss um they lived in the same uh, apartment building so i Mm -hmm. i think because greg moved in there after um, he and his wife split up. I assume that Jason Kovach is the one who either hooked him up with the apartment or recommended the building because okay. it's a bit of a coincidence otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was still good on him for having backup. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so he decides, right, this is what we're going to do. But he's still quite freaked out about the whole thing. Um, he and Jason drive up to this location and they're not quite there yet. It seems like um, they pull over the car and Greg calls the local police. It's just before 11 o'clock at night um, and he asks them for some advice. He tells the dispatcher essentially what I've told you, that he got a call from a guy saying that he's a private investigator and he wants to meet him with a package, blah, blah, blah. And Greg says he's nervous about it. Dispatcher says, don't meet him um, if you don't feel comfortable. Mm. So fine, Greg hangs up. Ultimately, he and Jason do continue on. They get out of the car um, Greg has a a bicycle torch that he's, or a bicycle light that he's using as a torch. Mm -hmm. And um, they brought along um, his now three-year-old kid's little mini baseball bat. It's like an aluminium thing. Yeah. As in for protection. Yeah, for protection. (laughs) Well, I mean, bear in mind, the call came in like half an hour ago. You grab what you you have. Yeah, but it's going to be tiny. Yeah, I, I imagine it is tiny. I imagine it's the size of like my forearm. I would have gone to the kitchen, like get a like a dough roller or something like that would be better. A dough roller. Yeah, or a frying pan if you're going for the comedic I effect. I think it's probably easier to wield a mini baseball bat than it is to wield a frying pan or a rolling pin. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, the image is quite ridiculous. These yes. two guys <laughs> dandering around in the dark and gravel path, one with, with a bicycle light, light, one with yeah. a... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is weird. It is utterly weird. Um, but, I mean, they're looking around and they don't, they don't see what they're looking for. Then Greg sees a towel at the bottom of this pole and it, they keep describing it as a pole, but it's a full-on, like one of those electricity things like it's thick it's got a big concrete block at the bottom that's quite massive like it's big enough that you could probably sit on the concrete block at the bottom Mm. it's 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 not like a skinny little pole that we would have in the irish countryside (laughs) it's a big thing so greg sees a a towel at the bottom of the pole and he he doesn't like run to the pole because he can see that it you know it's not what he's looking for presumably Mm. and he's shining the bicycle light around and jason's dandering around behind him and they are kind of on high alert the whole thing is strange and at that point jason sees some movement in the bushes um because there's bushes either side of this gravel path mm-hmm. and yeah greg is sort of looking in that direction now and sees a dude in camouflage prone in the bushes pointing a long barrel gun directly at him 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, so this all happens really quickly. The man opens fire. Um, he shoots six times and Jason and Greg start running. Jason's fine. Greg gets hit. Um, bullet enters his chest um, just under the left armpit and goes through his rib cage and out of his back. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I guess adrenaline is pumping and he's he is running mm. um, after being hit. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it was only 16 minutes after they called the police the first time to go, hey, I'm about to do this thing and it might be a bit dodgy. Do you think it's okay? Yeah. 16 minutes after making that call, um, they call the police again to say, um, well, it's it's Jason on the phone this time, essentially saying my friend has been shot. Mm. Dispatcher's asking, did you see who, who shot him? And he said, there's a guy lying down like a sniper. And they, so the, the dispatcher does the shit they need to do. Um, but at this point, police are kind of freaking out because there's a dude with a gun and it, it is like some guy in full-blown camo mm. lying down in the bushes with a long barrel gun. That is terrifying. So they yep. do what's called a reverse 911 call. Um, and it goes out to all... What? Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, a reverse 911 call. It goes out to all the residents nearby and it basically is to warn people. Oh, get yeah. it. Oh, okay, okay. It, it's to warn people, oh. don't leave your houses, don't do this, da 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 da, da. Like, yeah, bad yeah. shit is going on. Um so, yeah, this is all shortly after 11. They send SWAT teams in to check the area. Meanwhile, the police have to make a call on whether or not they're going to send an ambulance in. And they, they make the decision because it's kind of a, a hilly area mm. um, not to send an ambulance in because they're worried that the shooter could be on high ground and could be watching the whole thing. And they don't oh, want yeah. a whole ambulance crew to be taken out by it because... Oh, of course. Yeah, like, what do you do in that situation? Do you risk one person dying or... Yeah, so they make the call. Officer makes it out there um, and essentially rushes Greg to the hospital and more officers come in later on to secure the area and and check it all out. Mm. Um, Greg is taken to hospital. He goes in for emergency surgery and the the gunshot wound or the bullet had passed the whole way through him. Mm. Um, He was described as um, being in a it, it was a critical injury but um, he was in stable condition after the surgery but it did take some time and the whole thing was quite scary but mm. they they f- were quite confident within the first 24 hours that hey he's he's going to make it um, mm. unless something goes wrong he's going to be okay um, meanwhile police are still going through the area trying to find out what the hell is going on because like seriously and I left out a bit. Whenever Greg is looking at the bushes and he sees the guy with the gun pointed at him, he yells gun. Mm. And then the shots ring out and then he runs off. Which might not seem like it matters, but it kind of does. It's a good good training. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, police are checking the area. Um, By 3 a.m., they give an all clear and uh, a second message goes out to the residents to say, hey, it's fine. If you want to leave the house now at 3 in the morning, you're okay to do so. (laughs) And at this point, the police visit Diana because, you know, hey, your husband, technically, husband mm-hmm. has been shot and the father of your three-year-old kid. Um, so the kid, Kale, is, of course, with her. They go to talk to her and tell her what's happened. Mm. And they're a bit freaked out by her reaction because, among other things, she's laughing. 
and she's quite giddy and she's also quite cheery and she, as she's receiving the news and not yeah. just when they okay and she also didn't seem to be asleep she may have been asleep but she didn't seem to be asleep whenever mm. they arrive so the whole thing is a bit strange um so police are are kind of on high alert for her because it's weird weird behavior yeah Meanwhile, they, they're checking the scene. They don't get a proper look at it until later on the next morning. And they started out with a very wide search area and they bring it in closer and closer mm-hmm. because, of course, they have the information that comes from Jason. Greg is able to talk to them the next day and give them a bit more detail. Um, so they bring in the search area and they find some interesting things. Um, they find... So at the scene, they find cigarette butts that are fresh, a shell casing... Um, a tile that has been soiled and a full bile movement, shall we say. <laughs> oh, I just remembered. Uh, There's a full-blown shit there and it's human. And yeah. Okay. And the tile is soiled from that. Hmm. Yeah, that was the tile at the bottom of the pole that Greg was going, hey, there's a tile down there. Okay. I know, I know. This this was my face as well whenever I'm reading about this. Like, I didn't pick this because, yeah, anyway. Um, so, it's a little bit strange. We're here for some wholesome, family-approved murder, not pooping. There's a lot of poo in this story. I'm sorry. Just pre-warning. I'll try to keep it as um, ungraphic as possible. I don't want to be graphic, but there there's some interviews coming up and it will be about the poo. Fair enough. Um, I'm good, but um, I, I trust you to be the better judge of our audience. I mean, if it were me, I would rather not hear about this, but it's also quite interesting. So There you go. Um, I do believe that you are pretty much our target audience, though. Yeah? Okay. Well, there was a fr- forensic specimen left at the crime location and there were smears of that specimen left on a tile at the crime scene. <laughs> so... That works. Um, police start looking into things. Um, the first, the, the most obvious thing to do is, of course, um, check where the phone call came from, from the PI, because there was no, no evidence there and we have no idea what the story is. Yeah. So it wasn't an unknown number. There was an actual number, but it was associated with a burner phone. And mm. you think, oh, shit, cheap prepaid cell phone. There's no way we're chasing th- or tracing that. Mm-hmm. They did. They managed to track it down to a specific store. Um, oh. So I think it was in a Best Buy, but um, basically they they worked out that it was purchased sometime in the middle of August from this store. Mm-hmm. And um, they, within the first couple of days, start going back to, to look through the security footage. Looking at the security footage, da 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 da. And they see someone they recognize. Hmm. Diana is on camera going in buying this burner phone and and leaving and it was i think it was the only thing she bought so it hmm. seems super suspicious and it's in the yep. middle of august and yeah police um were already kind of thinking lady seems a bit odd um they decide to to pick her up and they end up searching her house so they they pull her over under the pretense that it's just a regular traffic stop and um they end up searching her house and that is on the 7th of september I mean, that's sneaky. I, I like it, and it's probably mm-hmm. good, but it's still very sneaky. I think they probably had a warrant at this point anyway, and they're maybe more afraid that oh, she's okay. going to drive off than anything else and do an yeah, OJ down the highway. Yeah, true. But, no, no, I, I approve. It's good. Yeah, it is, it is kind of weird, though. So they, they're they searching her house, and among other things, they realize, hey, 
those tiles are awfully similar to that one that was uh, hmm. soiled and left at the bottom of that pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out there were two tiles at the crime scene that came from a set at her house. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, okay, we'll, we'll fast forward. Spoiler alert. Um, she didn't defecate at the crime scene. My first reaction to the forensic matter uh, was, um, like, if whomever it was with the rifle and everything took on, like, the hardcore sniper approach of, like, no, no, I'm going to lie here, still an invisible for however long it takes, and I'll need to do all of my um, functions. Functions. Yeah. Just lying here, and then I know he had a towel, and he just, like, did his business and tossed it or something. I mean... At the very least, you pick up after your dog, you should pick up after yourself. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm. And if someone sees that, they're not going to think, oh, a great Dane must have been wandering around. It's like, dude was <laughs> shot around the corner. This is, I mean... Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's evidence. It's very... It's very compelling evidence, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes. The thing is, Shooter was probably only there for an hour, so you'd think he could hold it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, that, that was ridiculous, yeah. We're we're getting to it. Um so they search the house, they find the tiles came from a set in her house that she had with Greg. Um Greg was actually pretty adamant that like cuz police of course said like by the way your your wife was a bit weird mm. whenever we told her about what happened. He was really insistent that there's no way she was involved with this. Mm. But yeah, they they search the house, they look into a few things, and at this point they start connecting some dots. Um, from March or April of 2016, so for the last almost six months, um, Diana had actually started taking up shooting lessons. Hmm. Um, she, she went to a local club and she took lessons from a guy called Weldon Kermit McDavid Jr. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, that sounds <laughs> like I just made it up. Um, but... You know, okay, that's impressive. Though. Weldon Kermit McDavid Jr. Um, <laughs> um, had been a Marine for 12 years. He did two tours. Um, he'd been all over the show. And now he um, he does gun lessons for people at a local club. And yeah, so she, she ends up doing lessons with him and mm-hmm. also bangs him just once. Um, oh. And his wife has just given birth to a new kid. Actually, I think his first kid. Hmm. And... Uh, for some reason, he thinks the best thing to do is, uh, I know I'll sleep with this woman who's in the middle of a divorce. And is telling me all about how her husband is a terrible human being and abusive and A, B, C, and D. Mm. And so she's got this whole thing going on, um, telling him all about it. He actually asks her at a certain point why she's taking gun lessons. And she said she's afraid of him. And he said, well, if you're going to learn to shoot, you need to be prepared to kill. Are you prepared to kill? And she said, yeah, I am. Mm. She has to think about it. But yeah, I am. Um, anyway, the police, for whatever reason, managed to connect them quite quickly. There, there are people that had placed him at her place beforehand and also the day after. Um, but it, it does seem like a quick, um, a quick, uh, conclusion to jump to that he's involved. Um, so in the same day that she's picked up, um, a couple of hours later, he's pulled over on the highway, again, being told it's a traffic stop and he's asked to come down to, to the station Mm. for an interview. Um, he's not keen on it, but he goes and the whole interview is recorded. You can watch it. It's, yeah, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, and he's, he's sitting, it's, it's one of those, you know, 
camera is mounted on the roof and it's a bit grainy and everything else oh, and yeah, yeah. he's sitting in the corner of this that little just interrogation adds to room. the yeah. atmosphere like, pretty yeah. much um, but he's he's sitting in the corner leaning back his arms are crossed he just he looks defensive mm. um and and frankly a little bit pissed off that he's there in the first place but fine um there might be a reason you're here sir um so there's two detectives one of them asks him what I want to know is, can you give me where you were last week on Thursday night from eight o'clock until midnight? And he, Weldon says, no, um, he's, he's just confident. Matter of fact, no. They then ask him, they ask him if they um, can have a look at his phone. And Weldon is like, no, you, you guys are trying to accuse me. Um, the second detective says, we're not. And then he said, yeah, dude, yes, you are. Like, literally, dude, yes, you are. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes it better. Um, so, fine, they try a different tech. They said, is it possible for your DNA to show up in the area of the shooting? Um, Weldon said, I don't even know what the area is. One of the detectives leaves the room, comes back in with a map and essentially points it out, um, the dirt path that we were talking about earlier. And Weldon's like, nope, don't know the area. One of them says, have you ever taken a dump out there in the woods? Like a shit. I'm being serious right now. Um, (laughs) At this point, Weldon obviously is going, oh dear. um, And says, I know what you're talking about now. And they ask, you do? say, yeah, okay, explain it. He said, I was on the dirt road just running along, then I did have to shit. And uh, the the first one goes, that explains it. The other one goes, where did you start the run from? And he's like, oh, I'm not even sure. I just parked my Jeep and... And then they're like, okay, so you were in the area then. He's like... So he's sort of getting trapped in his own lie now. Yeah. Where... I mean, it, you park it, your Jeep, do you... Uh, no, okay, okay. Continue. This is uh, this is going to work itself out, I'm sure. The one of the detectives is then pointing at the map and interrupting him, going like, "Okay, so you were here," and he's like, "Yeah, that's that's where. Yeah, I because I did take the shit there. Um, I was feeling really bad, and I it was a short run because I got lost, and after I shit, I went back to my jeep. I'm not sure what street it was on, um, and then." Uh, they're, they're sort of asking him to, to give specifics where he entered, where he exited. And he just said, look, I don't I don't know the area. I don't know the street names. Da, 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 da. Mm. And it, I mean, it kind of explains it, but it also doesn't really work. Um, there is an extended portion of the interview that goes on like this. And they end up asking him about, did you need to wipe yourself, essentially? Mm-hmm. And, um, and he says that he came across the tiles by complete chance and used them. Of course. As you do, because if you find a strange tile in the woods and you need to relieve yourself, then then why not? Um, it's better than poison ivy. But, well, like, th- that is true. These are... Mystery tiles. It could have anthrax on it. True. Uh, well, just, I mean, they were I mean, probably not mystery tiles to this person, but I, I'm just feeling... I'm slightly worried that the police might have been leading him into a reasonable statement, so to speak. We're good. The okay, okay, we're good. Okay, cool. I mean, his DNA is there. They didn't know it at that point, but they test the they test the feces, mm. and it is Weldon's excrement. Mm. Like it's yeah, dude did it. Um, the the that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, if it feels like they're leading the witness, so to speak, and giving him a chance to explain stuff. Yeah, they do give him a chance to explain it. Unfortunately, mm. it 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 just it doesn't work. 
and okay. the whole thing is super sketchy and it just seems like nonsense. Hmm. Um, they confirm that the feces at the crime scene were his, that the tiles came from the house of um, Diana Lovejoy and yeah, like, how do you explain this? So over, meanwhile, they're actually searching his house and at this point his wife, because he's married whenever he like hmm. cheated on his wife um, with Diana Lovejoy, yeah, they, they just had a kid. The kid is now 12 weeks old. They are kicked out of the house until um, until three in the morning while the police search it top to bottom. Oh. And they find a whole bunch of guns. Like, I mean, the guy's a gun instructor, so that fair enough. That makes sense, yeah. Um, strangely, one is hidden in the rafters. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at this point, and it's a rifle. Um, at this point, you know, they haven't tested anything. Who knows? But it does seem super suspicious. Um, yeah. And yeah, having a rifle that could have been capable of delivering this shot hidden in the rafters of his roof space just seems dodgy as anything. Um, In the end, Weldon does talk to police um, and essentially tells them he was paid $1,000 up front and was supposed to get another $1,000 afterwards and uh, Diana Lovejoy had talked him into killing her abusive husband. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't go down well with Diana. She is being arrested and interviewed at the same time. And she says that she had asked him to scare her husband. Um, she initially, you know, she denies everything. Then they yeah, say, yeah, look, yeah. we have footage of you buying this cell phone. And she said, OK, I I asked my gun instructor if he would scare my husband um, because he's really abusive and because he's a terrible human being. Um, will you scare him for me? Because I'm scared for me and I'm scared for my son. That is not too bad as explanation skill. Yeah. And she said that Weldon had asked her to get a burner phone and that was the only reason she did it. Mm. And um, yeah, they end up going to trial as co-conspirators for conspiracy to commit murder and attempted murder. Mm. Um, they're being tried together, which is super interesting because then... Oh. They can't blame the other one. So with these cases, if you're tried separately, then all you have to do is a reasonable doubt. So um, if she was tried separately from Weldon, then she could say it was all him and vice versa. He could say it's all her. Um, But by being tried together, they just need to prove that they they were in it together. So it's it's quite an interesting... That's quite interesting, yeah. Yeah. Over the course of the trial, um, she maintains that... um, Because they have separate defense lawyers which is super awkward but that's fine yes awkward is good word for that yeah um she insists that um no she doesn't get up and speak during trial but her lawyer insists that um the plan was that she was to pay him a thousand dollars up front to scare her husband and then it would be another thousand afterwards um she never actually paid the second half and um apparently she dropped Weldon off in the area and he went off to wait so he was only there like maybe an hour max Mm. and uh, she picked him up afterwards and everything else as well and whenever he got back in the car um, he told her that he'd messed up but he according to her he didn't say anything more than that so she had no idea what happened Um, Mm. so this is essentially her defense like the plan was scare the crap out of him don't you know do anything Um, whereas Weldon's defense is She'd paid me to kill him. Mm. Or no, sorry. Weldon's defense was, I was just there to scare him. But then someone yelled gun. And I was worried that they were going to shoot me. 
So then I went for his left hand. And, um, okay. and it's like, well, you got him in the left armpit. Yeah, that's because he was running. Like, it seemed like you were trying to kill him. No, I'm an excellent shot. And if I wanted to kill him, he would be dead. That was pretty much his defense for the rest of the trial. Like, I'm an excellent shot. If I wanted to kill him, he'd be dead. Which is like not a bad stance, but do, do, like dropping that right after you're going like, oh, I was going for his left hand and I ended up shooting him in the torso, but I am an excellent shot. Like, yeah. But just to clarify, since it was a bit of uh, back there, so the gun instructor actually never... S- so he did say that he was hired to kill them? Sorry, he didn't. But- uh, the gun instructor said initially he had no idea. Then it was, I was there having a run and then I needed a poo. Mm. Then it was, I was paid to go up there and leave two tiles by the power pole. And then it was, yeah, like seriously, that was part of the story for a while. And then oh. it was, yeah, I was there to scare him. And Okay, so he never the, actually admitted that he was there to kill them. Mm, I think later on he has said some stuff, but uh, yeah, okay, at this okay. point, but, yeah, at this sure, point no. no. Okay, that, that would have made, that makes more sense. Sorry for that. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing is just utterly bizarre. Um, I was paid money to take two tiles up to the power pole and leave them right okay fine whatever i'm sure you can find weirder things on craigslist but yeah i'm sure but like that's still pretty strange (laughs) um okay there's a quote from one juror that said among the strongest pieces of evidence was testimony from lovejoy's aunt um who said a year before the shooting diana had asked if she knew someone who would be able to care scare or kill her husband okay yeah um pretty incriminating it doesn't sound great another piece of evidence was um weldon had apparently told diana that he wanted to have a tactical advantage by um making sure the ambush took place during the new moon so like having no visible moon um and (laughs) it turned out that diana had done uh, a google search um, to find out the next date of the new moon, which was the 1st of September. Hmm. Um, so the whole thing just seems very much planned and a total bullshit story. I also yeah, love like, how we have a former Marine who's going, like, let's do it in a new moon because then I have a tactical advantage, but does a dump at the crime scene and, like, leaves all his stuff behind. And also, like, l- like they're luring... That was supposedly the one victim, but now there mm-hmm. were two. They're luring them over to a specific point. Yeah. And he's laying in ambush within the field of vision of anyone, like, looking at the point where they're going to be ambushed. I mean, the, the bushes are to the right of the um, of the pole, but it does seem really stupid. Like, yeah. really stupid. Especially if you're yeah. going for, like, a long-range weapon. Why don't you just stand a bit further away? Mm-hmm. I guess there's no light. Well, the guy's shining a light around. And yeah, you'd assume or, you would do you that. Or you organize a light, or you set something up over there, so you'll have the benefit of them being slightly blinded, yeah. and you'll be on the other side in the shadows, and you'll see them, and it'll be fine. The guy just... I mean, great, 12 years in the Marines. Um, obviously, they didn't teach you how to cover your tracks. <laughs> it is a bit weird, though. Mm. Um, you'd also be raging if you were him. Like, not only did it not go to plan, but you didn't even get the rest of your money. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the day after the shooting, Weldon was spotted at um, Diana's home, even though, like, she insisted she'd never seen him after that. And <laughs> like that, it was just complete nonsense. Um, Weldon kept insisting the police were setting him up. Um, and 
yeah, the the whole thing is a shambles. Um, in the end, on the 31st of January, um, they are sentenced together. Um, and just as they are reading the verdict, and there's also footage of this, mm-hmm. Diana has a little bit of a woozy moment and faints. It's not clear that that's what's happening at the time. Her eyes start to glaze over and she's sort of leaning further and further forward. And I mean, to me, oh. I think it's I think it's nonsense. I think it's like a really bad put on. But um, she's sort of slipping further and further forward. And then finally, and it looks like from the angle, she kind of adjusts herself. And then she smacks her head off the table and goes totally limp. Well, not well, quite limp. Um, and <laughs> okay. and her, the noise of her head hitting the table is pretty grim. But um, oh. but she's fine. Um and someone has to like pull her up by her shoulders mm. and then her head is flopped back in the chair and the the judge is just going for it, reading the verdict and everything <laughs> um like whatever and Weldon is sitting nearby her kind of he goes from giving her a bit of a side eye to like not caring and then seeing what's happening going what um but <laughs> so then she's like head head back and eyes rolling and you know like kind of out of it they end up taking her out of court in a stretcher rushing her to hospital um where they determine no she just fainted she's fine um and too bad you're both guilty she got 26 years to life he got 50 years to life and yeah and that's it um one of the things she said was um she felt like she didn't have a voice in the trial um, and the judge was having absolutely none of that and said, you said you had no voice in the trial, but that was completely your choice because she chose not to speak in her own mm. defense. Um, <laughs> she also made a lot of comments about how she was confident the the truth would one day come out and all that sort of stuff. And she was still um, throwing around the abuse allegations at her, um, mm. still actually, I think at that time, her husband. Oh. Um, but... Yeah, it it was a mess all around. It's not the end of the story, though. <laughs> they did get divorced. They were finally divorced in May 2017. Um, no, sorry. Uh, the dissolution of marriage was dated 4th of January 2017. So that was like three weeks before the verdict. Yeah. Um, and a week after, Greg decided to file a civil so- suit against Diana and um, Weldon seeking damages. So by May 2017, a judge ordered that almost a quarter of a million dollars um, from the sale of their home, because sorry, lady, you're going to jail, mm-hmm. um, was going to go into a trust. And she would have to pay money out of that trust. Um, actually, the interest, which is $575 a month, would go to her. And the um, because she would have an income from that, mm-hmm. she would still have to pay child support of the same value as originally agreed. And presumably the money from the house would go entirely to um, the little one. Hmm. But at this point, their almost six-year-old son is living with Greg. And that's it. The end. That's, I mean, it sounds like a good ending. And hopefully... The uh, kid will not be traumatized. But how can you not be traumatized? I mean, it depends on what they your learn. Mom, but your mom banged some dude um, who has since done uh, an interview and said his biggest regret is cheating on his wife. Not shooting the guy, but <laughs> his biggest regret is cheating on his wife. It's oh, like he's a romantic. Come on. <laughs> I mean, romantic enough to wait until your wife, you know, drops your first kid and then you. 
you go out and bang some woman who's like all at it with them. My husband's abusively shoot him in the face, please. Like, I mean, when you say it like that, just in the context of like, oh, attempted murder, then, then it's a slightly romantic. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, kind of is. But it's so much poop. Um, apparently, ooh, I, the, apparently Greg was super lucky to survive because even though only one shot hit him, um, mm. if he hadn't have gotten to hospital so quickly, um, then then he wouldn't have made it. it I mean, he, anything through the torso can so easily go wrong. So. Yeah. But that was my story. It was an interesting one. It um, <laughs> it went places. It did. It went all the places. <laughs> well, we've talked about two crimes where um, someone has been sweet talked into doing something they really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Shall we have a sweet cocktail to go with it? We should. It's full blown uh, recipe from someone else this week. I I've done nothing to it. Oh really? It's like a, a straightforward copy paste. Ah, I thought we were uh, like. We're we're going straight up a recipe that I really enjoy. Shall I make you one? Please do, please do. Let's go mix drinks. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, we're all set for our drink of the week. We're back. We have our drinks. We do. It's kind of a caramel colored one. Yeah, very much so. It's um, like caramel fudge thing. Yeah, but it's supposed to taste like Toblerone chocolate. Do you want to know what's in it before you drink it or after? Oh, oh before. I before? want to hear everything, yes. Okay. Uh, brown cacao. Mm-hmm. So we should get some chocolate, like dark chocolate and coffee notes in it. Mm-hmm. Honey liqueur. Ooh. Yogurt liqueur. Frangelico, so hazelnut liqueur. Mm-hmm. And uh, some dashes of Angostura bitters. I always get confused. What is it? Well, some, uh, some Angostura, bitters. Yeah. yeah, Angostura. Mm-hmm. It just always sounds slightly wrong to me. Okay. I avoid saying it. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so honey liqueur, yogurt liqueur, brown cacao, um, liqueur, of course, frangelico, <laughs> and Angostura bitters. And Cheers. a bit of chocolate on the side. Yeah. And some chocolate Cheers. sauce. Cheers. I love this one. Mm. It's pretty much like Toblerone. It is a bit more caramelly, but I might, might just be overthinking it since you said it. But no, it's tasty. Mm, it's dessert in a glass. <laughs> it really is. It is quite sweet and cool and nice. Mm, I'm quite happy with this. Mm. Whenever I was researching my crime for this week, I had a couple mm. of other candidates. Oh. Um, let me... How are you enjoying the drink? I'm loving it. Yay. And I'm, I'm really trying not to just keep drinking it. Like, I think you're probably fine. this, for instance, like this as a really huge milkshake version of this, basically, would kind of make my day. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, it, it might just be that the sun is out and is warm, and I'm really thinking about milkshakes and stuff. Yeah, but, but like having a really big glass with a straw and just like oh, topped with cream. Mm-hmm. That would be a bit excessive. <laughs> I was actually, during your crime, thinking yeah. a lot because I had, I'm pretty sure it's a different one, but I encountered a very similar one. I don't remember all the details. I'm very sure that it wasn't in the um, uh, United States of America. Yeah. Um, but it was a similar thing of 
a woman trying to get rid of her husband um, and convinced someone that there had been sexual abuse towards their two-year-old kid and uh, then got them to kill them, basically. Such a shitty thing to do. It is. It is. Um, So the the other one I was going to do this week that I was really committed to doing... um, but ended up not because I couldn't find a verdict mm-hmm. um, was I think it was 2013 Nigeria um, this basically husband and wife um, are having some marital drama mm-hmm. um, she's pregnant with their fourth kid but he is very much like I'm not sure this is my kid um, Okay. she is not very impressed about this accusation um, and it, it it causes a lot of drama in their relationship. And in the end, the impression I get is he said, I want a DNA test as soon as the kid's born. And she's like, fine, then we'll do it mm-hmm. before the kid is born. Some strange stuff starts to happen. So um, essentially, he gets a phone call from a pastor who's a friend of theirs, like pastor, like church pastor, mm-hmm. and says, hey, will you, will you come meet me and we'll have a chat? Um, so he drives down and meets this guy. Uh, and apparently... So, okay, all allegedly get stabbed a whole bunch of times um, by the pastor, which seems kind of random. Really? Until it turns out the pastor is probably the father of the kid that she's pregnant with. So, yeah. um, Meanwhile, so the husband had just bought a new car, didn't drive down to see the pastor in the new car, drops the the car off to the Mm. church and gives it to the pastor and says, this is for you. Um, This is a gift because I know you're going to do everything you can to like make sure my husband comes back because I haven't seen him and he's a bit upset with me. Uh. Um, And this is the story she's telling. And (laughs) the pastor goes ahead and changes the number plates in the car and starts driving around in it. Meanwhile, the police find the burnt body of her husband in Mm -hmm. his old car nearby. And... It's very much like, uh, what? Yep. She just reported him missing after like four days. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering why the pastor is driving around in the husband's latest car with new number plates on it. And she said, oh, well, I wanted to plant a seed with the church um, to to help make sure my husband was going to come home safe and sound. Uh, And I didn't know he was going to change the plates. And the pastor is sort of like, yeah, 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 there's nothing untoward going on here. Um, it, <laughs> what it if all, you say so? Yeah, it all just seems dodgy as anything. Um, she has had the fourth kid at this point. No idea what happened with the DNA test. No idea if they were convicted. They were both arrested. They both mm. denied having um, a relationship. But it was a super interesting story. There's so many good details. But it's, it's yeah. We'll, um, I'll stick the name up on our Twitter. But Yeah, it would be interesting. It, I want to think that with all of those circumstances that they would be able to push like the police would push a paternity test but i mean does it matter at that point probably not well i mean that would kind of solidify yeah i guess it undermines the whole yeah yeah we weren't banging argument mm-hmm. i mean they, it wasn't even their pastor from their church <laughs> it's it's like a a sort of friend of theirs. the whole thing is strange yeah it's utterly strange huh yeah that was another candidate for this week I would have done it and gone into all the gory details if um, I had have had a verdict, but it's all allegedly. Hmm. So, yeah. Maybe in the future. Maybe. An update. Uh, no, this was like four years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no updates. Huh. I don't know. People don't give a shit. That's really weird. We don't have any listeners in Nigeria, though. 
Hmm. The continent of Africa, we only have South Africa, I think, listening. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. They will come, and then we'll get the mentions. I don't know if there's much of a market for true crime. Hmm. Nah. Anyway. Um, we should probably wrap it up for this week. You've finished your cocktail at record speed. Of course, it was delicious. Isn't I it delicious? I wanted to inhale it. <laughs> um, you see, I'm just staring longingly at my empty glass and seeing one drop left, which I will try to savor. It's, um, it's super simple. It's equal measures of cow-cow brown, uh, Frangelico, that's the hazelnut liqueur, um, honey liqueur, yogurt liqueur, and then um, four dashes per serving of, of the bitters. Hmm. That's it. it. It is a good, I'm still surprised at the um, the honey because like you can't taste it, but you can see how it kind of yeah. binds it all together. It makes it more complex, but it definitely doesn't mm. um, come through. I wonder what it would be like with butterscotch liqueur instead. Usually I do this with the white cow-cow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is good as well, but I'll um, I'll stick the recipe in the source up on our website, and mm-hmm. um, because it's really good. But this is not my recipe, not by long <laughs> shot. Um, yeah, and if you're in Amsterdam, go to House of Balls. They have um, very reasonably priced cocktails and awesome bartenders, so. and a lot of liqueur bottles to buy. Yeah, <laughs> how many am I up to? Way too many. It's a simple cocktail, but like you need to have your liqueur selection up and running. And yes. for me, I've been collecting for a while. But as everyone should have a well-stocked Aww. cabinet. I say this and I do not. I have nothing, but um, I should have. Mm, okay, we'll say farewell. Um, we hope you have a great week, as mm-hmm. usual. If you have any uh, comments, updates or suggestions on this episode, just uh, let us know. You can reach it on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. Or if you have something longer to tell us about, then send us an email, crimebythebar at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we welcome your comments on the creepy person walking around on my roof right now because it's freaking me out a lot and I've stopped sleeping with the door open. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts on that are more than welcome. Yeah, thoughts. I <laughs> please tell I me something reassuring. <laughs> well, yeah, I every time it's brought up, I've started uh, ever since our little aside, the, uh, the last full episode, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I've been starting thinking of like, oh, what are the actual possibilities of like booby trapping the roof and uh, setting up general hindrances for people not to walk there? I mean, you could put a, a load of bird seed up there. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Just then you have some seagulls to contend with who are sleeping up there. I suppose. And Kafu will have a wonderful show to watch mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm. That's true. I, I was thinking like maybe I should get a, a camera and put it up there or a motion uh, sensor. But I don't know if I want to know that stuff. Like what if I'm woken up at four in the morning by someone walking around the roof? That's going to freak me out. And it might not even be someone walking. It might be like a bird. Mm. Anyway. I still think that the... Um the motion sensor might be better than the camera. Just having a motion sensor and having it setting off like a bright light or... To freak them uh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if it's a bird, it'll fly away. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and if it's a person, they'll think like, oh shit, they're onto me. Maybe I should just leave a nasty note up there. <laughs> Get off my roof. You're interrupting my slumber. The police have been informed. Or just stop it. I know your mother. Ooh, that's good. But yeah. Have a lovely week and 
We'll see you again on Friday. We'll see you on Friday. More crime and possible more social commentary. Oh, I'm excited about my Friday one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Tune in and find out. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, ice. Yes. Ice, baby. Thank you. Um, I did say my crime was vanilla. Oh, very good. That is very, very good. Oh, fill circle. Mm-hmm.